Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Norma Goodwin. And did you know that only 45% of workers feel adequately paid, but 50%, that's half, still aren't comfortable discussing salary in the workplace? What's more, this research from Zipia also found that those willing to discuss their compensation with coworkers are more likely to say that they expect a sizable raise. This is why today's episode is dedicated to these uncomfortable conversations. Today, you'll learn from career coach Merritt Fields why and how you should ask someone what they earn. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. It's time to talk about money again. So we're going to get uncomfortable. And specifically, let's talk about why women are still making less in spite of doing equal or in most cases, and I think a lot of us can attest, more work uh, to help. I've invited Merritt Fields to the show, who also wrote an incredible article on this topic for Career Contessa that I'm going to link to in the show notes. But Merritt, welcome to the show. I'm so, so excited to be here, especially talking about this topic. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. And Merritt, can you share a little bit about your background and even just, I know this is a big ask, but kind of the current state of women and pay in the U.S. and why this is a topic that you're so passionate about? Sure. So Merritt, like a race, uh, feels. (laughs) Um, I'm a career coach and I specifically help professional women of color purposefully and successfully pivot their careers to navigate career challenges. Obviously, this is one of the career challenges that definitely come up. (laughs) Um, And my background, I'm I'm sure I'm I'm SCP certified. I've been in HR recruiting and just in the professional field for over 15 years. I think one of the things and why this is such a passionate project or not even a project, like a passionate topic for me is as a Black woman, these are things that I have still... (laughs) probably will, right, experience on a continual basis. And I know that it's not just me. And so that's really how my business started and why I love these things. I I would say for me, there's three specific things that I always focus on that I'm really, really good at in my specialties. And that's interviewing, career pivots, and my absolute favorite, which is salary negotiations. So this really perfectly leads into kind of what the state of 
women are. And you already like you already started talking about it, Lauren. Listen, (laughs) women make less despite doing equal. But you and I both know in most cases we're doing more work. It's something that we already know. We already know that women make 82 cents on the dollar. But when you really start digging in deeper, the numbers are extremely daunting for women of color. If you're a Black woman, you only make 62 cents per dollar. If you're a Native woman, you make 60. If you're a Latinx, you make 55 cents per a dollar. So these that are- a dollar that a white man makes. That a white man would make, yes. Mm-hmm. So almost like, right, like barely over half of what a white, of what a white man makes just because um, you've got a little bit more melanin. Uh, so, <laughs> right. So one of the things that I think is very interesting about this conversation is that, you know, especially when it comes to, to Black women, which is my focus, because that's my experience, is the conversations are usually, oh, it's because, you know, people aren't asking. That's a lie. Like, like women, women ask. In fact, Women are asking for promotions and raises at the same rate as white women, at the same rate as men. But there's still this, they call it like a broken rung where it just really sets people back from, and women of color, back from this critical step of managers. And so for every 100 men that are promoted to be a manager, only 58 Black women are promoted. So it's not really a matter of asking. There really is just a matter of of a pay gap And I just think it's something that's an institutional thing that's been embedded. And this is why I wrote this article. And this is why I love these conversations because it's time to change. It's just, it's time. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense. It's like, it's not rooted in anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, if anything, it's a myth. It's, you know, this myth is perpetuated that women don't ask and because they don't ask, that's why they don't get it. And so it puts all the onus on us. But to your point, the reality is that we do ask, but we're not, we're not as successful with it. Now, I guess, are there some key factors that, I mean, I know you focus a lot on salary negotiations. I mean, why are women not as successful? And, and obviously there's the unconscious bias piece of it. Like, oh, they just think the man is going to be more qualified, but what are um, some of the key things that you see as reasons maybe employers give for not giving women a raise? I think honestly, and this kind of really goes hand in hand, sometimes when we're having these conversations, it's hard for us to have the data to really support how and why I should be making X versus I should be making Y. And I can give you an actually an example and even like an example of how this failed. So in my own personal life, I told you this is like lived experience. Um, My background has been education, nonprofit and government. And and one of my uh, organizations that I work for it, it was a government space, which meant that all funding is public. And usually in education, nonprofit and government, all of the money is public because somebody's giving it to it. So there's a paper trail, which is good because if you're listening, if these are your industry areas, take notes because it will be easy for you to find the data as well. And so literally all employee salaries are posted on a website, like name, first name, last name, salary, grade level, everything. Of course, I went to go see what everyone is making from, you know, my peer group. And I had a colleague that was making $15,000 more than me, even though we had the same level of experience. And I actually had my graduate, I've had my graduate degree from New York University. Um, I've had my graduate degree uh, since 2010. This person didn't even have a graduate degree. And so, 
you know, you're start, I'm starting to like compare apples to apples, oranges to oranges, like qualifications. And you were the same job level too, same right? Same like, okay. exact job title, same exact team, same exact, I mean, literally like everything exact, 15,000 more. I bring this up to, to management. And after like a two-year discussion, they were just like, well, you know, there's nothing we can do. So I ultimately decided, cool, well, I, I have plenty of power. I'm going to leave and did. But even with data, <laughs> right? Like even yeah. with evidence, even with like all of these things, there still was this pushback around how I just, why I just wasn't able to make it. And the, and the excuses were really rooted into what I was lacking versus them just kind of admitting that they made, a, made an error. I think when you're... Who got hired first? I'm just curious. This person got hired first. So this person was there, which makes it even worse if you think about it, right? Yeah, (laughs) Um, This person got hired, I think, two years before. But even again, the apples to apples comparison, we had the same years of experience, just not at the same institution. So I think when these things happen... I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, and I know you and I both are moms, sometimes we, we have to position ourselves in places where we have to sacrifice for our family and we may not be able to do that uh, or may, we may not be able to walk away as quickly as we want to. But one of the things that I really like to make sure that I talk to clients with, encourage people in general is don't ever get comfortable anywhere. Like always have your exit plan when you start on day one for these particular reasons. So I, I don't think anything is rooted. I just think that that's just like an institutional bias that people have. Yeah. And I, I think your story is interesting because sometimes you can do everything right and you can have all the da- yep. data and the, <laughs> the picture is very clear and you still get told no. And who knows what the real conversation is. Uh, it could be that they hired that person. They were like, hey, we overpaid that person. It could be that the business has changed and so they don't have the budget or whatever. Like you might not ever get the full story, but I I do find it interesting that you can go in with all the right information and still be told no. And um, I think what you said, which, which is like, okay, then I, it became very clear to me that I had to move on to something. Um, I think you ultimately, I I don't mind the negotiation part and the back and forth. Mm -hmm. I just want a partner, AKA company, a manager who's going to listen and work with me. And if it's that clear, at least that transparent, you know, there are some things there to your point about like, I'm willing to sort of listen and go back. You know, some people are very like, Oh, if they don't give me this, I'm out. And it's like, well, you know, things are never nearly as, as, as simple as they seem with that. So I think, I think your story is really interesting. And I know in the past, I've also, when I've asked for raises, like I've made the mistake of making it very personal versus very professional. And so, you know, there certainly is a way I actually had a friend who, um, she's a manager and she was just doing, uh, reviews and bonuses and all that. And I asked her if anybody, started kind of planting the seed ahead of time. She said out of a team of 13 that she manages one, it was a man. And he like six months before review season started saying to her, you know, I'm going to be looking forward to discussing the road to, I think it was like senior manager or at least the compensation equivalent. Mm -hmm. And if you guys listen to this podcast, you know, I've talked about Sally Krawcheck's book, Own It, where she also tells a similar story about reviews. There was like a man and a woman, they're both doing a great job. And he came in like every week and was like, 
I'm going to be expecting this. I'm going to be expecting that. And so there's also, I think a piece of this, that's like, people think raised conversations are just like one thing. And right. yours was like a two year thing. Yes. A lot of people's it's months. And I thought that was really interesting. With masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to effectively and authentically communicate with Robin Roberts, improve your negotiation skills from Chris Voss, or learn about self-made entrepreneurship from Sarah Blakely. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. You know, we've talked a lot about negotiating your salary on this podcast. And for that reason, I recommend Chris Voss's masterclass on the art of negotiation. He was previously a guest on the Career Contessa podcast, and his tips for negotiation are really actionable. In his masterclass, he teaches you how to implement his field-tested strategies to help you in everyday negotiations, whether it's a salary negotiation or negotiating the services you receive. It's easy to access masterclass material on your laptop, computer, or mobile device. I was able to explore lessons in any order across my phone, tablet, and computer, or just listen with audio mode. Lessons are approximately 10 to 15 minutes in length, so they fit easily into your everyday schedule. In addition to video lessons, masterclass classes provide you with downloadable lesson recaps and supplemental materials. With Masterclass, you'll get access to hundreds of video lessons from 100 plus of today's most brilliant minds available anytime, anywhere on iOS, Android, desktop, Apple TV, Amazon Fire TV, and Roku. I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. Again, that was every Masterclass. And as a Career Contessa listener, you'll get 15% off your annual membership. All you have to do is go to masterclass.com slash Contessa. So that's C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A now. Okay, one more time. That's masterclass.com slash Contessa for 15% off your Masterclass annual membership. All right, now back to the show. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. Okay, so we're here to actually specifically talk about something that's really uncomfortable because I think the the part of asking for the raise you said it's all about coming in with it with, with the right data and a lot of people struggle to understand what is the market value of their job and what what even if they're not going to name the number it's like what's the number I should be aiming for what mm-hmm. should I be paid for and as much as I love online salary databases there's nothing better than talking directly to a person who's on your team, like you being able to speak potentially to that person because databases don't allow you to ask follow-up questions, right? right. <laughs> and so, so let's talk about this very uncomfortable thing and why, let's start with why you should be talking to others about money and how much we're making. This is like such a taboo topic. It makes people skin crawl when they think about it too. Yeah, I think... The biggest and the number one reason why you should be having these conversations is because it holds the company accountable. Like bottom line, 
period, like stop, like the <laughs> end sentence, right? There's no better way to ensure that a company is being accountable on, on their equity and their pay equity than knowing how everyone is scaling. And so, you know, in some cases, I was able to, you know, all of the information was already published and like really rolled up perfectly for me. And in other instances, that wasn't the case. Um, but I think it's taboo because it is protecting companies from having their own internal equity conversations. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. I think also people just don't know how to do it. They're yeah. like, how do I approach this person? Right. Uh, you might know how to approach your very best friend at work, but like, how do you approach, you know, the two people who aren't outside of your two best friends at work? Like, how do you approach other people? And you, and especially I know for me, a lot of the people I was closest to at work were women. And mm-hmm. I really needed to ask men also how much they were making. So I, I think there's just also this state of like, I'll do it, but can you tell me how to do it? And the good news is, is that Merit is going to tell you exactly how you can ask someone how much they earn because she's literally written the templates. <laughs> so before you start, you need to make sure that you have two things. And you said you need to build rapport and then you need to make sure that you don't take anything personally, which I feel like people are like, that's impossible. <laughs> but okay, right. can you explain why those are your two kind of starting points? Absolutely. Before I even hop in there, one point that you said too, I do feel, I don't have data to support this. So this is just Merit's opinion, but I do feel like among men, I think that men do talk about salary and how much they make very openly and honestly in ways that I feel like women have not achieved that yet. Like I don't have data, but I mean, I've like, I think they talk just more openly about money in general. Like how much do you pay for your house? How much do you pay for your car? How much do you do? But you know, like I think there's just a lot more money talking. So then the salary thing isn't like this weird one time money thing. And, you know, one of the things I would urge everyone to start getting comfortable with is like in your group of girlfriends, you could just start talking about money more often and warm up with that, you know? Yes, I agree. All right. So the two things, yes. Um, One, you need to make sure that you have rapport. And then two, for sure, do not take it personally, which yes, that is definitely easier said than done. Um, When I talk about rapport, I mean, we're talking about money and it is an uncomfortable or it can be an uncomfortable topic. And so this is not something that, you know, you know, someone after a week and you ask them there (laughs) what their salary is. This is something where you absolutely want to make sure that you have rapport, you have conversation and like it doesn't have to be your best friend at work. But if it's somebody that you work with and you work with someone on a team before and you have at least some type of camaraderie, it's definitely an easier time to have that conversation. And then don't take it personally. This is one of the things where I just like, yes, money has a lot of emotional value to it, but this is a business conversation. And so you're approaching it from this way. You are trying to gather information. And that is literally the only goal when you're having this conversation. So reacting, if you find out someone is making significant, significantly more than you, and or if they decide, you know what, like, I don't, I don't want to tell you anyways, regardless of what the outcome is, this is just literally information gathering. Yeah. And you have to, you have to really make a choice to not be offended by that. Yes. Like if they're like, that's just not my thing. Hopefully they're, they at least, you know, tell you, respond in a kind way. But if they, if they're letting you know, that's not for me, you know, choose not to take that personally and choose not to be offended by that. The only thing I was thinking about is like, if you had a coworker who 
you know, it was like the boss's best friend and you asked them and they were like, I'm not going to tell you, but now I'm going to run to the boss and tell them that you're doing this. And so, you know, back to your first point about build report, try to pick the person, some people at work that also you've got maybe some established trust with in some way, shape or form. You know, if, if you feel like, Hey, if this could, you know, come back. And, and to be fair, if the boss does approach it, there are, there are bosses that really don't like this and they will kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say make you pay for it, but like, yeah. you know, they really don't like it. And if they find out about it, you know, you're going to be in trouble too. What's your advice about that? Like, do you, do you just not do this then? Do you have to be even more careful about it? I mean, you definitely want, I mean, so Lauren, like my personality is, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little rogue. So I'm like, tell them like, great. I'll tell them before you do like, you know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes you can get ahead of it. If, if that is your personality, obviously, if that's not your personality type, that's not going to work for you. However, HR is your best friend in these situations. And I think that if there is no company policy, which there shouldn't be. And if you work at a place where there is a company policy where people are not able to talk about salary, that should be a really big red flag. But I would say that having those conversations with HR around what is in line and what is appropriate and what is not appropriate definitely arms you with language that you should have with your supervisor. I have, in my experience, I, I mean, yes, there are bosses that don't like it, but there's not a policy that says that employees can't have that conversation. If there mm-hmm. is, that's a different story, right? So that is something that you want to check with your policy and, and pursue. Yeah, and also I would check the laws in your state. I don't I was about to say that. I next. believe you I believe you can't they can't do that. They so cannot and, they can, and then that would be like a retaliation case. Like you would have like a yeah, case. You know what I mean? Like this they is they like can a, tell you they don't want you to do it, but legally telling you like, hey, it's legally you can't do that is absurd. No. Yeah. Yes. If your business is up to a great start this year, you may soon realize that things aren't going to get any less crazy. Online shopping isn't slowing down anytime soon. Is your business ready to keep up the pace? With ShipStation, you'll never worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. Personally, I love that ShipStation is easy to use and saves time. ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface, no matter where you're selling. Manage every order, whether it's coming from Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website, from anywhere, even your phone. Save money when you compare carrier options and choose the best shipping solution every time. ShipStation works with every carrier so you can always find the best fit for you. Plus, your business can access the same discounted rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies. With ShipStation, you'll know your orders are handled and you're getting the best rates. Make shipping the easy part of having an online store. It's no wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it for as long as they're in business. It's that good. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use our offer code CONTESSA, that's C-O-N-T-E-S-S-A, CONTESSA, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CONTESSA. ShipStation, make ship happen. Okay, so 
tell us exact, like your exact template or the exact way that you would have a conversation to ask for someone's salary when you suspect that you're being underpaid. Yes. Okay. So it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy. I want to put that caveat. So say, right. So say Lauren and I, you are, you and I are working together and I'd be like, Hey, Lauren, listen, I want to ask you something that's been concerning me for a while. I suspect that I'm being underpaid in our position in comparison to other colleagues. And I really wanted to ask for your insight. They're paying me $65,000. Now there's a few different ways based on your level of comfort of how you can ask and get your information. One, you can just be like, are they paying you that too? Two, you can ask, is this something that you're, are you being paid less of what are you, are, is it less than what you're making? Is it what you're exactly making? Um, my favorite is because I like ranges and I kind of like to give people outs if they need it because they might be uncomfortable too. And that is, you know, do you earn 65? Do you earn more than 65? Are you under 65? How much are you comfortable? Or my other favorite is what's the, what's the ballpark for your salary? Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah, so you can get ranges. And then that'll at least, you know, you'll be able to be armed in that. Another way you can do that is really like, you know, is it mid 60s? Is it low 60s? Is it high 60s? There's different outs that you can give people where they don't feel like they have to disclose the exact dollar amount, but you do have a ballpark figure. Mm -hmm. And just a little tip for anyone when you ask this. I know that when we're uncomfortable, we seem to like, we tend to over talk and try to fill the space, say this and then be quiet yes. so that they have time to answer and decide, am I going to do the range? Am I going to do the exact number? And I also really like this because you're telling them what you have, what you're making. And I really think that's an important piece of this. Mm-hmm. I do think if you're going to ask them, one of the best things you can give in exchange is your number. Yep. Okay. Let's go to the next conversation, which is how to ask for someone's salary when you're about to be promoted. So you're going from coordinator to associate and you want to, maybe you're talking to an associate about how much they make because you want to make sure that you don't get lowballed. Yeah. I think it's very similar. I think in, in all of these conversations, and I didn't caveat this, but I think in all of these conversations, the, the one of the biggest things is to ensure that you're framing and you're giving context to the conversation that you're having so that the person understands why you're asking them those questions. So in my first example, it was really around, you know, I don't know if I'm being underpaid or not. And this is why I kind of want to just have this conversation for this conversation. When you're being promoted, it is very similar. The framing is just going to be different. And that is, you know, listen, I'm being considered for this really great opportunity to be an associate. I just really want to make sure that I'm getting paid fairly and equitably for where we are in that in that range. Can you share with me more about your ballpark figure about that? And again, to your point earlier, people are always more likely to share when you share. So mm-hmm. you can either say, you know, I was offered 80K. Is that right in your salary range? Or, you know, is it less? Is it more? Is it whatever it is. Yeah. I remember when I was a coordinator, I was being, I was being paid 42, but with overtime, which I had to like go back and actually figure out what it came to. Mm -hmm. The annual salary was like, would have was closer to like 63 or something like that. Because at the time I was, I was traveling a lot. So I was getting a ton of overtime. Nice. And I remember someone was leaving and I was going to take her role. So I was getting a promotion and they offered me 
60. And another pro tip is when people are leaving, they'll tell you anything. So always ask the person who's getting ready to leave. Even if you're like, I'm so far away from ever having that position, but I want to, I want to talk to you about this. And I remember I asked her and she said that she was making 68. Now, mind you, I was getting promoted from a coordinator to Mm -hmm. that role. And she had been that role previously, like before she even got it. So I was like, okay, we're not comparing apples to apples here. Like she did, she did come in with more experience. But that's still like a gap. And also, you know, I was basically making more as a coordinator, which was what I thought was interesting. I was like, this is the true representation of how many hours I'm working because I get that hourly Mm -hmm. rate. So, you know, I remember when I went to them with the conversation, I didn't even necessarily say the number. I just like laid all of it out and they came back and they they met me where I was at for the coordinator role. So there wasn't a difference. But one thing I really wish I had done is that I wish I had negotiated it to be higher because I was moving into that role. And honestly, they didn't have to backfill her. And so I like, I had so much more leverage than I ever realized at that time. And for the whole career there, I was making less because of that move. And so, you know, I just want to like mention when you're getting promoted, you should be getting not just what you're making at that time, but you should be, you know, so like, I, I wish I had done my homework and I wish I had been, confident enough to ask for and, and negotiate that. So, um, I was lucky that she shared it. I mean, if she hadn't shared it, I probably just would have taken whatever because I thought I was so lucky to get that opportunity. And there is such a psychological piece of that where, especially when you're being promoted, where you feel like you're lucky that you're, you're getting the shot, that they're giving you the chance or for people who are transitioning or going back into workplaces that there's, that can mm-hmm. happen a lot. I've mm-hmm. noticed. And my philosophy on that is, yes, there is a sense of gratitude that we all should have, right? Like, yes, that is, you're so grateful that you are going to be in that position. However, (laughs) you have earned your spot in that position. And since you've earned that spot and you are adding value, you should be compensated for that value. Those are like, those are my baselines for all salary negotiation conversations, especially is, it is not about you, quote unquote, deserve. It's not about I'm lucky. Yeah. It is about the value add that I'm adding to this company and being compensated for my value, period. Hard stop. The end. Yeah. That's why I never like to say your worth. I all, if yeah. you notice, a lot of times I always talk about your market value because for me, words matter and mm-hmm. the wording of like ask for your worth just really messes with me. I, I, I just don't like that. And I know it, it looks good on an Instagram post, but I'm like, I know, you know what? <laughs> I know, right? And I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm sure I put value, but I know, or I, I'm sure I put worth or deserve, and it, and it's not true. It really isn't because yeah. a company can't say what your value, like what your worth yeah, is. You as a like, human are, <laughs> are worth everything. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a it's a tricky one for sure. But how you you know your words matter and like how mm-hmm. you talk to yourself about it can happen too. And it, you know, just to kind of close the loop on that too, one of the things I wish I had done, knowing what I know now, which of course I have the upper hand of like I get to talk to tons of salary experts like you and get all their best <laughs> tips. I wish I had said to them, like, I'll accept this now, but in six months I'd like to reevaluate. Like I yes. wish I had done something like that. So I was setting the the pace of like. I'll take this now, but I know I'm going to come in and do amazing work and kill it in this role. And mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't have, you know, so 
you know, lesson learned. So you guys can all learn from that mistake. <laughs> we all do, but I guarantee you from that lesson, you never, you never were in that situation again. So there is still is value in that lesson because I too remember like, I, I do think the I lesson. It. Yeah. I was going to say the lesson I think is sort of just like <laughs> negotiate it, you know, like, yeah, at, like, don't be afraid to ask. And especially if you're already in the company, cause they already know you, they want you to stay there. Okay. So let's talk about one of the other tricky conversations, which is what to do when your colleague doesn't want to disclose salary. So Merritt has asked Lauren and I've said, that's not something I disclose. You know, I'm not interested. I'm, I, I know people do that, but that's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's happened like, to me before you. too. <laughs> I'm, it, agree to disagree. Cool. Right. Like, all right, that's cool. I mean, depending on your relationship with the person, you can, you know, share your range and in your gambit of reaction. Ultimately, like the number one thing is like, you can tell them like, you know, thank you. I respect your opinion. And depending on like your, your relationship, you could just give them feedback to be like, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised, right? Like that this is something that you wouldn't disclose just because I'm sure if you were in my shoes, you would also want to ensure that you're being compensated. But if that's what your decision is, I have to respect it. My caveat and my thing too is institutional change is not easy. Like it's not, it is not a simple fix that people are all on board with. Um, One small step can take a long time to get to, but it is still a step. And so everyone's not aligned and on board on that. And a lot of people, I think, still have a lot of traditional I like to call it boomer, although my mom would probably be mad if I said that. But I think that they have a lot of boomer traditional values in the workplace. And that definitely is something that a boomer would never be comfortable yeah. with, with, you know, you know, sharing and divulging. Absolutely. I, I think it's uh, it's important to sort of pick your audience for this, like yes. based on what you think the success rate is going to be, too. Um Although I do think a lot of people are becoming more open to this. It's it's interesting because like uh, it also depends on, I think, the industry you work in. To your point, you know, nonprofits, government jobs, higher education jobs. A lot of those are like this is your salary for the level. Mm-hmm. And there, there are there are not merit based raises. It's like every year <laughs> you show up, you get that three percent. You know, no more, no yeah. less. Yeah, no, no more, more, no, no less. less. So another thing to, to know, maybe before you have these conversations, that I think is important is like, what is the pay philosophy or what is kind of the pay situation at your company? Because if they do merit-based raises, uh, maybe they cap it. Maybe you know you're not going to get more. Like they will never give anyone more than 8%. So there are some companies where like, hey, it's... it's So you just, you just have to really investigate your company, your industry. And this is why... Because another question you might want to ask someone is like, what's the biggest raise you've ever gotten here? Like, especially if you're kind of trying to go around and ask, okay, I know I want to ask for a raise. Maybe go to someone who's worked there for a few years and just ask them, what's the biggest raise you've gotten? They might tell you I've never gotten more than 4%. So, you know, when you go in and you ask for 10%, you should be really happy when maybe they come back at five, you know, that kind of stuff. And there's just, there's a lot that goes into it. And I would say my best advice is for people to not have the idea at 11am and have the conversation with their boss at 3pm. You know what I mean? Like give it some time, (laughs) noodle on it, come up with a strategy, 
plant the seeds early. Like I think those are how it goes best. And I I think that one bad experience, like you and I have had negative experiences. It does make you more gun shy moving forward. It does. And I, and I will say, you know, there are so many lessons that you learn from those experiences where you just really do know how to fine tune and come in at such like a laser like focus (laughs) going forward, you know, like, uh, what's that old that yeah, my my family is from the south, so I have like all of those those fun sayings. Ah, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Know what I mean? Like it's yeah. the same similar thing. Like, all right, you got me one time, but I can tell you right, you are not gonna get me again <laughs> ever yeah. again. So yeah, yeah, it's less exactly. Learned. Yeah. So, you know, do your research, read articles like merits, <laughs> work with career coaches, like do, do the work that you have yes. to do because it's, it's an important conversation. Well, Merit, thank you so much for sharing some advice about how people can talk to other people about money. It's always a weird thing, especially when we're talking about in the world of raises, you know, most people only ask about money when they are negotiating for a new job offer. I actually had read a stat the other day that only 37% of people ever even ask for a raise. Um, They just wait for it and they wait for their company to come to them to do it. So I I think this is uh, hopefully the start of a new trend. I hope so. Um, Mary, if people want to stay in touch with you, work with you, give them all the links and the websites and everything to to do that. So I am on the gram. I'm on Instagram and you can follow me at Merit, M-E-R-E-T-E fields. I also have my website, which is meritfields.com. And I also do um, a podcast called Career Gym. So um, you can check out all of that stuff there. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I love these conversations and I hope that it was helpful for folks. Absolutely. And we'll put all the links to Merit's resources uh, in the show notes, as well as the article. So you have these exact scripts that you guys can use and tailor to yourself also in the show notes. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Please remember to rate our show and leave a review. I know everyone asks for these, but they really do help our show get recommended to new listeners. If you want to learn more about Merritt Fields, her work, and her article on Career Contessa, check out the links in the show notes. Lastly, let us help you successfully ask for a raise this year. Enroll in our newest course, Ask for a Raise 101, where you'll get step-by-step instructions for determining your market value, exactly how to prep, and ask your boss for a raise. We even include a script and what to do after. Your enrollment includes lifetime access to the course, and it's only $27. Link in the show notes to enroll. 